that there's nobody in your circle who thinks, feels, or behaves the way you do. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Welcome back to the podcast, listener. I'm so excited to have you here at Small Minded this week. Okay. I'm going to keep it brief because today's episode is so good, so juicy, so jam-packed, so just awesome. You're going to want a notebook and a pencil. You might need to break this up into two episodes listening sessions because it is so good, you guys. I have the privilege to welcome my friend Erica Olaf to the podcast today. Erica is a strengths coach based in Iowa. And she works with businesses who want to really lean into the things that they are good at. And they want to know how to get their team members to lean into their strengths and have a team that complements one another. In our conversation today, Erica and I talk extensively about how in this day and age, we aim for, as a society often, being well-rounded, where in actuality, we should lean in and really sharpen those things that make us uniquely gifted and uniquely strong. So if this sounds like something you've been looking for, if you want to know, are you working in your unique purpose in life? Are you really in a position, in a seat at the table where you can thrive? What kind of role is best suited to your natural strengths and inclinations? This is the episode you need to listen to. So without further ado, please welcome my friend, Erica Olaf. Welcome, Erica. I'm so, so happy to have you here today. Molly, there is no place I'd rather be than having a conversation with you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Erica and I, I was trying to think back to when we maybe met, but I feel like there were all of these times, maybe back in like 2018, 2019, where like we were in similar circles and we know knew of each other through other people. But like in the last, oh, I think it was like late 2020, I had a coaching client and I brought you in because they were wanting some work with strengths. And I thought, I think that was the first time you and I really got an opportunity to like work together and get to know one another. Am I correct in that? I think you're right. Yeah. I remember hearing you speak at an Empower Her Summit. Oh, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I met you before you met me, if that makes sense. (laughs) It was just blown away by the professionalism and the credibility of all of the material that you shared with the audience. It was like a slam dunk to me. I was wowed by you. Well, thank you. That doesn't seem like forever. Like that was pre COVID. And so that was like, I think that was 2019 spring. And so, yeah, that was like, it feels like ages ago, but yeah, that wasn't that long. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, you had all your material well-organized. 
It was so easy to follow what your messaging was. It was so impressive to me. So I know I told you that before, but I think you wowed everybody that day. I I love to bring on guests so we can just talk about like how awesome I am, but (laughs) (laughs) just kidding. I really want to introduce listeners to you if they haven't met you already, but Erica is a strengths coach. And in case you couldn't tell by the conversation already, she just knows how to hone in on what people are good at and help them really sharpen those skills and those natural inclinations so that they can really maximize those strengths and put them to use so they can reach goals. So today's conversation is going to be a juicy one because Erica knows so much and she has so much knowledge to share with us. So thank you for being here. Um, Thanks for having me. Go ahead and introduce yourself and maybe expand on the strengths coaching industry Mm -hmm. and what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Molly, for having me. So I would say simply put, I believe in human potential and I truly believe that any company, team, organization's greatest asset is their people. And so I just feel like I get to live out my life's calling of helping other people love who they are and add more value to the cultures and the teams that they play on. And so the really cool thing to me is that our natural talents with time, knowledge, investment, turn into strengths, but they follow us everywhere we go. So the thing that brings me so much joy with coaching people from a strengths lens is not that we don't look at the potential vulnerabilities and their blind spots and make things known that are maybe a little bit more challenging to dive into because that's definitely a part of it but we hone in on what makes them great, what makes them exceptional. And I, I hate wasted potential. (laughs) (laughs) Like when it comes down to value, like every single human being I truly believe has so much potential. And really, I truly believe that we just want to know as human beings that who we are at our core And what we do, aka our purpose, which means how we serve other people, matters. And we spend so much time comparing ourselves to other people who are wired so differently than we are. And it's just a waste of time. So Molly, one thing that I am fueled by in coaching and really truly, like I said, simply put, I invest in the development of other people. So, you know, I could say some really sexy tagline, (laughs) but simply put, it's just helping people bring out the greatness within them and believing in that. I think that's what people, yeah, like the tagline doesn't have to be super juicy, super sexy, but like, those are the things that people are looking for. Like you said, people want to know that they are living in their life's purpose and how can they really just live in a space of like, giving back or whatever's important to them. And like, just know that what they're doing is what they're meant to do. And I think that everything you said is just 
if people weren't sitting up before they before they started this episode, they're going to be like at attention now. So guys, if you're listening, get out like your notebooks, get out a pen. You might want to take some notes on this one because I know it's going to get even better. You spoke at an Empower Her gathering in January of 2021 um, in Cascade. I remember you were the guest speaker that day and you said something not to take us on a tangent away from what I had planned to talk about, but this stuck out to me through your introduction. You said a lot of, and I'm paraphrasing, but you said a lot of people spend time trying to make themselves well-rounded. So if they have a perceived weakness or a weak area, they spend time trying to bring that up to par where Mm -hmm. what you focus on is instead of trying to make someone well-rounded, you try to make them more star-shaped. And could you explain why that is? Yeah. So it's about being individually sharp. So we have to let go of being well-rounded, which is like countercultural, right? Like we truly are raised in society to address where we're not strong and nothing against the school system. Obviously you were in teaching. My mom was a teacher for a long time. She was a phenomenal teacher and I give her great kudos for the work that she did and how she developed children. Right. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I think is challenging is we are graded in the school system and perceived excellence is straight A's. And so for a lot of kids, right, they're spending so much time with tutors or doing extra work in the areas of weakness Mm -hmm. so that they can become average there. And so to me, again, wasted potential, right? And so if we can focus on what's right about people, especially for me, my passion is business, right? In the workplace. Mm -hmm. If we can create a culture where everyone knows you get to come to work today and be valued for what you naturally do well, and we are going to find you a complimentary partner who loves doing likely the things that take you a long time. So one of the activities, Molly, that I do when I'm working with a lot of teams is Uh, they start with putting a pen in their non-dominant hand. (laughs) If we do an activity and we time it and we're assessing comfort, right? Like the ease for which they can do it, the quality, how fast they can do it. And then we have them put it in their dominant hand and do the exact same thing. And it's hysterical. I mean, it's hysterical. Like, just the comments that come out of people's mouths while they're doing it. And I jot those (laughs) down and regurgitate those people. And so how often are we doing things that feel like we're in our non-dominant hand? But we think, oh, if I just try a little harder, if I just put some extra time into this, or I can do it, I want to learn how to do it. Just put me in coach, right? I'm ready to play which is a great attitude, but what if we got to play in the position where we shine, right? And so it's, what are the things that feel like you're writing with your dominant hand? And let's put you in a role where you get to do more of that. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Oh yeah, go for it. I was working with a financial advising team 
And um, as we are going through uh, their full 34 report, one of the seasoned advisors brought up a story he found strategic to be his lowest or what we call lesser talent. And so he reminded everybody of this time when his boss, the CEO, asked him to build a strategic plan for the company. And this was years ago. And he said, it took me forever. (laughs) And he was thinking, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? His boss was like, dude, come on, let's go. Where's this strategic plan I asked you to do? Thinking everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. And he still, he said, I never really fully effectively did it. He's like, I wish I would have known strategic was this low for me because I would have been confident to say, with all due respect, sir, that's not in my wheelhouse. You can ask me to do it, but it's going to take me three years and it's not going to be any good. Right. And so it's who would it take 30 minutes to do when you're sitting down and you're spending three hours on it and you're not making any progress. That's non-dominant hand. What a simple, so your example of the non-dominant hand exercise, like what a simple but effective way to talk about strengths and Mm -hmm. how different things are, people have different aptitudes for that. And I think about Mm -hmm. in your story about the strategic planning and like kind of bringing everything full circle as a teacher. I remember when I was, I taught English. So reading language arts, like public speaking, all of that kind of fell into my lap as Mm -hmm. teaching in that department. And when I would teach research papers, I was like, you guys, it's so formulaic. Like we have a thesis statement and then we have three details and then we have a bridge sentence and then we move into the next paragraph. And I was just like whipping through this. And now as a parent, I often reflect back on and think like, I would have been a much better teacher if I had been a parent of my oldest child as I was teaching, because writing is a struggle for him. And so like when I was teaching, I didn't have that experience to see, like, I thought maybe, oh, come on, guys, you just need to try a little bit harder. But now, like as a parent, I'm like, I can see like how people are just naturally inclined at different things. And even Mm -hmm. among my children, the four kids, like they each have different skills and strengths. And I definitely like what you were referring to, like see how as a parent, I need to like really have them live into those strengths rather than say like, oh, let's just go throw around a ball for like four more hours when actually you really just want to be writing stories and like, let's let you do that. It's fine. Mm -hmm. So Uh, so because that's where your kids are going to make the biggest splash in the world right Mm -hmm. so as parents where when we can recognize their differences right what sets them apart from your other their siblings or other uh friends or classmates and we can pour belief into that and say things like you know what i really recognize that you do really well and tell them because they don't know. And that's the challenge with our natural talents is they come so natural to us. We don't even realize it's a strength, but what are your kids from a parenting perspective? Like, what do they learn really rapidly? That's what you can pay attention to in terms of strengths. 
what do they have kind of a yearning, a natural yearning towards? If it's writing stories or reading books or playing sports, you know, math or science or English, what do they like kind of have this natural leaning into? And that's where they're going to really make a big difference in the world. So I don't know if I answered your question about the sharp star, but that's where we want to focus on, right? Being individually sharp Mm -hmm. and there's no two people alike. And so instead of looking outwardly and comparing yourself to other people who are maybe in the same seat, just in another company or another business or um, same classroom, right? Mm -hmm. You want to look within and say, what do I learn really fast? Like, what can I pick up lickety split, you know? And sometimes it's going to be more people oriented. Sometimes it's going to be more task oriented. And so having discernment between the two, so you know what you're saying yes to and what you're passing the baton to someone else for. So when we focus on being individually sharp, we are maximizing areas of excellence in our own life. But the well-roundedness comes from team. So I'm a huge believer in teams and um, love playing on teams growing up, right? Loved being a part of group projects, uh, being a part of any kind of team organized thing, because to me, teamwork makes the dream work, right? Mm -hmm. It's so much more fun to play on a team, especially when everyone gets to show up, right? In the, in the role or in the position where they shine the most. And so when we, when we build a team around us who complement our talents, that's where the well-roundedness comes into play. So we're letting go of being well-rounded individuals and saying, instead, I'm only going to zero in on like being world-class or being the best, focusing on being excellent here so I can allow other people to be excellent in areas where I'm not. Oh. We need people. Yes. So we are totally going out of order of the way that I like had structured our conversation, but I think this is great. So I think that now is like what you just talked about as far as like leaning into a team approach rather than an I can do everything and I can do it well approach. That is so important, especially for, I know a lot of people listening are solopreneurs or they are trying to get this business off the ground or continue to get to the next level in their business if they have some experience. And a lot of them are trying to do it by themselves. And I know that a lot of the episodes I've done in the past have talked about like working with a coach to help you like bring up other areas and focus in on specific things or bringing on team members. and there can be a lot of resistance around bringing people on board because it does feel kind of intrusive and vulnerable and like, Mm -hmm. oh, am I going to be able to even like pay this bill or whatever? But Mm -hmm. you really, there's an old saying, like, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with a team. And I think that just really highlights what you're saying about you can't do everything by yourself well. Mm -hmm. You can do things, but if you want to do it well, you got to bring other people on board to lift up those perceived weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And so I do know you have a lot of viewers who are solopreneurs, and the number one book I recommend to solopreneurs is The E Myth. E Myth Revisited, I think, is the actual full title of it. 
And I think it's, no, you should check it out. Do you do Blinkist, Molly, where you can get like the 13 minute version of every book or a lot of books? No. Okay. Oh, it's like cliff note version. Highly recommend it to uh, anyone who's passionate about growth and development, because whatever area you want to develop, you can uh, type in the book and they'll give you an audio version, you know, 10, 15 minute version. And then also the written out. Oh my gosh. But just like cliff notes. So you can get high level concepts and see if it's a book you would want to invest in, you know, oh, or just take the little nuggets from it. Okay. Well, so, make sure to anyway, link to that in the show notes. So everybody has yeah, a link, little link to it. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's uh, such a great tool and resource to use for any business owner. But the E-Myth book talks about, I mean, for one thing, org structures, right? Org charts where um, when you're a younger business, you're going to have less people wearing more hats, mm-hmm. right? But it's so important to know what hats they're wearing and figure out what hat do you really get energized by wearing, right? Because where there's energy and productivity, right? It's, we got the non-dominant, I mean, we got the dominant hand thing going on. We don't want people in a role where it's non-dominant hand. Sometimes simply moving two people improves engagement, productivity, performance, like tenfold right? Because now they get to sit in a seat where they're actually energized and excited to show up for work. So, so there's that component where when you're younger or smaller, you are going to have less bodies, Mm -hmm. right? And more hats. But as you grow, you know, which spots you're filling and the type of person you're bringing into that role, right? We don't want to hire for strengths, so to speak, in terms of this is where you are on paper, right? Because strengths Mm -hmm. really is something that's developed through the course Mm -hmm. of stepping into your task every single day. So there's other things you want to consider when you're onboarding and hiring, of course. But the other thing that E-Myth reveals is the three components of entrepreneurship. So you have the visionary, the manager and the technician. Oh, okay. This is this is really good. All right, tell us a little bit more, Erica. Okay. So a lot of times people will start a business because they were the technician for someone else. Mm-hmm. Right? And so they step into this business, they start doing all of the things, yet they don't know how to manage the processes, the systems, the people, and they certainly don't sit in a visionary role of where are we going, right? What's the end of 2022 for us? What's mm-hmm. the end of 2025, right? And so it's it's acknowledging that every successful business needs those three things to flourish. Oh, that's so good. And I think like reflecting on like my business, for example, I think that as you grow, you can see that like as it emerges, you can kind of see, okay, as we get busier or add more people on board, you can kind of see where people's strengths fall, like you alluded Mm -hmm. to. And also like as the person who's leading the ship, 
It's like, I have to be that visionary role. And I am in my best when I have the space to do that. Because I know last fall, for example, I was just inundated with tasks and I was feeling burnout. I was feeling low energy. I was like moody and like not my best self. But then Mm -hmm. when I had some space, I feel like this year, my space kind of opened up a little bit and now I can step more fully into that visionary role. And now I'm just hitting on all cylinders across the board, it feels like. Mm -hmm. So as a business owner or someone who like you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, I've been experiencing some of those same feelings. Maybe reflect on some of the things that Erica's talking about. Are you in your strengths? Are you feeling like you have uh, like, I guess I'm not sure exactly. You could speak more to this, but like, if you're listening in and you're identifying and resonating with some of this, like lean in further and consider that maybe you need to pay more attention to these strengths. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's all about reflecting on what you see yourself doing well. And sometimes you might need to ask somebody around you, right? And so if you're around Um, a table with other thought leaders, guarantee you they're going to be able to help you identify the things that you do really well. Because oftentimes it's different from what they do well, and they're looking at your strengths and their weaknesses. (laughs) (laughs) And so one of my favorite quotes, Molly, comes, I can't remember who said it, I should know, Joseph Campbell or something like that, said, kindness is loaning someone else your strengths without reminding them of their weakness. Oh, wow. That's profound. Like, but we have to understand we're all wired so different. There's not two people who are good at the same thing. There might be people who have similarities in their giftedness, but we're all so different. So the challenge I face in what's out in the world today is sometimes people are grabbing onto things that are never going to make them world-class because it's totally misaligned with how they're naturally wired to perform. Ooh, let's dig into that. That's a good one. Okay. So how can people know, like when they see an opportunity or they have this idea, how can somebody know, like, if this is aligned to their gifts and strengths or not? If they have an idea. Well, so I think what I'm saying in terms of like, let's say you're an activator and you have a lot of influencing talents. That means you should be positioned on the front edge or the cutting edge of starting things up. Okay. Building momentum. Okay. You're wired to get out the gate quickly to get the fire started. However, you might have people around you lovingly say, you never finish anything. Why are you starting this project or why are you starting this school? You never finish anything you start or you're telling yourself that. So now you're grabbing the books about finishing off the shelf Mm -hmm. instead of grabbing 
the partner who loves finishing things. Does that make sense? Yes, that's okay. That's much. Or vice versa, right? And so the finisher, there's people who love just taking things across the finish line. Mm -hmm. They love it. Like, just give me things to do and I'll do them all day long. They need the activator to start new things or bring in new clients. Mm -hmm. So they have a client to take over the finish line. Oh, yes. Yes. But if they're not valuing the person who's bringing the new people in, right? And then the new person or the activator who's bringing in the new leads, I mean, there has to be filters, right? In conversation and dialogue, communication around all of these things and systems and processes, of course, right? But the starter has to value the finisher and the finisher has to value the starter. And we have to value the innovators and we have to value the supporters, the people who care about the people. And so to me, it's all about people saying, I need to be aware, right? Mm-hmm. That I don't want to start too many things and just have a bunch of open doors, but let's open these two doors. And then you get to be the person who brings us across the finish line. So we still need to have awareness around mm-hmm. us, but we don't want that person who's the activator or the starter, the fire igniter, the momentum builder to think something's wrong with them. Oh, I love that is such a, I get lost in your storytelling because you're like, you're so good at it too. And creating very clear examples and ways to see. So I think that, yeah, it comes back to, like you said, leaning into people and paying attention to who's around you and loving up on the people that you're surrounded by and identifying how you all contribute. And oh, that's just so, so good. I think that we can kind of get lost in this space of like entrepreneurship. And especially I feel, I don't know if I'm like just surrounded by it more because I'm in it. And then the algorithm served me like entrepreneurial posts and stuff. But I just feel like there is this, maybe not glorification, but like there is this like, go just like leave your workplace behind. You can do this on your own and go achieve certain things. But I love the way you said, like, we all work together. And so if you are that person who is an innovator or an activator and you have these ideas, you can do certain things really well, but you still are going to need those other people to support you or to get you across that finish line, like you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's knowing when you're running with the baton. It's like a relay race. Oh, so good, Erica. Okay, so let's, how do people start understanding? I know we said like lean into those places where you feel like you're lit up. Maybe like you experience a sense of flow when you're working in this one area, but how can people get more information or how can they find out more about themselves? What's like a process or a way that you guide people to find out specifically what their strengths are so they know if they're an mm-hmm. activator or an innovator or the finish liner. <laughs> yeah. We're, where in that race are they the mm-hmm. strongest? And so Molly, some people are spread throughout all four domains. Some people are really strong in a couple of them or three. And so it's just important to know, like, what's your strongest 
domain and what's your least dominant domain that you can really make a difference in. So let me tell you why I love using Gallup's strength assessment. It used to be StrengthsFinder 2.0. They've rebranded it to Clifton Strengths, but you can find it by Googling either of them. So I love aligning with companies and organizations for things like this that have been around for a significant amount of time, right? That gives me a sense of credibility because mm-hmm. they've been researching people for a really long time. And so that just brings me peace of mind, right? And so the Clifton Strengths Assessment is pretty extensive. It's 177 questions and it's to answer them really quickly. But I love using them because it's helping you focus on what's right about you. And it's also positioned as a developmental assessment. So it's not, let's put you in a box and leave you there. Mm -hmm. Because back to the beginning of what we were talking about, I believe in human progress, human potential. And we still and will always have more to gain. Mm -hmm. So it's in alignment with my core beliefs of we are never done growing. Never. And so we can always develop our strengths. But we all have to do the hard work of understanding ourselves and those around us. So it's a great tool. And you can find it if you just Google Gallup Clifton Strengths. I prefer to exclusively use the full 34 assessment, okay, which is a $50 investment. And the reason you wouldn't use that one and you would focus on just the top five is most people, when they look at the full 34, they go immediately to the bottom of the list really? and focus on who they're not. <laughs> it's so see, not I mean, what we want to I do. could see myself doing the same thing, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we want to humble ourselves and know that we were not created to be all things. So we're going to look at the bottom to gain awareness of who we are not. It's not that we don't ever use the bottom five, six, seven. It's just, we're never going to be world-class if we focus on sharpening those, mm-hmm. right? It's we want to focus on the top 10, 11, 12 of the full 34 report and learn about ourselves there. And so the full 34 report is an extensive report. And unfortunately, Gallup doesn't give everybody like the full in-depth insights into each report, but you can start to understand and unpack it. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you Google any of the themes, there's a ton of information out there. And so one thing that I think is really important for people to acknowledge is that nothing great happens overnight. And so it's like these small pivots and these small shifts that you have by starting to invest in understanding who you are and who you are not that contribute to growth personally and professionally. 
And so, you know, we'll have learners. So learner is one of the talents who just want to learn all of their talents right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that is very ambitious and very great, but it's hard work to develop your talents. Right. And so it's like, slow down, steady, right? Just steadily gain more and more knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And there's a lot that you can unpack through the report yourself. You know, if someone's excited about tapping into that with a coach, there's a ton of coaches around, right? That they can can have access to if they're not local to where we're at mm-hmm. right now and um, can gain deeper understanding of what are the characteristics that describe them? What do they bring to the teams they play on? What do they need? We all have needs that are associated with each and every talent, right? So like my belief talent needs my work to align with my core values, Yes, which again is like why I exited corporate America, mm-hmm. right? My developer needs someone to invest in, right? My restorative needs a problem to solve. My futuristic needs to share what I see could be for other people. And so as I gain awareness of these things, now I can intentionally show up and apply those every single day. So there's a lot to unpack with each of them. You're not going to do it overnight. It's gradual growth over time. Most people overestimate what they can do in a month, but underestimate what they can do in a year. We're not broken people, right? I mean, we are broken, but we're not like just problems to be solved or fixed Mm -hmm. in the workplace, right? It's those small pivots and just the shifts of understanding who we are and how we can best serve the teams that we play on that really makes a world of difference. Uh, this is, I love, so like my, I love knowing about strengths and what each person's strength says about them and where they identify or where they can excel, excuse me. And when I watched you, so back to like the beginning of our conversation where we talked about how I was working with a couple who was starting up their business, I was helping them with those initial steps. And one of the things that they identified was like, we have different work styles, we have different personality traits, and we want to make sure that what we're putting in place is really going to help carry us through. And we're not going to be like stuck, like getting frustrated with each other or anything like that. And so I was like, I know a person. (laughs) So that's when I contacted you. And you were able to walk these two through the Clifton Strengths Assessment. And then we had like a whole discussion about how their strengths that emerged from the assessment complemented each other in some facets and really uplifted the, like they were sharp in areas that they needed to be because the other person wasn't sharp there. Mm -hmm. And it was going to really complement one another so that the business could grow. And Mm -hmm. so it says so much about yourself personally, but then when you apply it, like you indicated to a workplace or a business, You can really put people into those seats where they are going to excel and where by working in their zones of genius, they're going to be able to up-level everyone in the company, whether it's a one-person company or a two-person or a 200-person. Put the people in the right locations and spaces and give them the agency to make a difference. 
that's mm-hmm. where you're really going to see growth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's all about understanding the perspective of someone else, which is sometimes challenging to do, right? Our egos get in the way. And so Patrick Lencioni is a favorite of mine from an author coach positioning. And he does a lot with talking about your working geniuses Mm. and your working frustrations. And so when I'm coming in and working with teams, one of the first things I talk about is I'm going to be honest, we are never going to eliminate all working frustrations. We are human beings. Sometimes we're overwhelmed, we're stressed out, we're hot, we're cold, we're hangry, right? Like (laughs) there's going to be working frustrations in any relationship, personal or professional. But when you have an understanding and you can unite everyone on a common language and a common vocabulary and understand that there's nobody in your circle who thinks, feels, or behaves the way you do, you are much more likely to put down the gavel and pick up the magnifying glass, right? And so that's the visual I give people as well is we have to get rid of the gavels. There's no place for gavels at home or in the workplace. We're all different. We all have different things we bring. We all have different things we need. We all motivated by different things, right? Sometimes we're showing up in the basement. Sometimes we're showing up in the balcony, right? And so it's all about gaining a deeper understanding of how we can show up and be at our best, but we need to pick up the magnifying glass. And if someone's pumping out a bunch of ideas, not be alarmed by that or not be paralyzed by that. We might need to be kind and lend them our strength of Molly. Those are amazing ideas. Here's the one I think we should take and execute on right now. And here's why. Because your giftedness is pumping out ideas. Mm -hmm. You have this constant flow of ideas, right? And they just don't stop. And if I didn't understand that that was your giftedness, I would be like, well, (laughs) stop we're not starting something new Molly like we have enough initiatives that we're working on right now I just don't think any of this is going to work and so now the meeting's over and we all go back to doing what we were doing however you might have the next greatest idea 10 minutes into this conversation and so my role coming alongside you is pitch it pitch it. Ooh, this one might work. No, pitch it, pitch it. Oh, we might need this one, right? Being that next step for the visionary person with strong ideation, who's helping us stay innovative and look at where is social media going to be in two years from now? What do we need to start putting in place so we can stay ahead of the game and not fall behind like Lego did or like Blockbuster did, Mm -hmm. right? Like We live in a vastly changing world. So we need innovators on our team. We need people who love looking at what's coming. And then we need people to support them behind them and not be paralyzed by it. So it's all about understanding it. I have so many stories. This one CEO and his director of operations, 
they had working tensions because he was constantly pumping out new ideas and she was the implementer. So she was Mm -hmm. constantly frustrated and felt like they were never sticking with one thing. They were constantly changing. And she said to me, now I realize that's his giftedness. And like, I don't need to be frustrated. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're good. Yeah. She let go of being frustrated and allowed him to be in that knowing she didn't have to execute on all 10 of those. She just had to use her strength of picking out the best one to move forward with. And yeah, I just, like you said, it gives everybody this united vocabulary to then be able to talk about it in a way that doesn't incite others or make people feel badly, but it just gives people like those tools to Mm -hmm. then not only lean into their strengths, but to give people like constructive ways to work through conflict and to, like you said, kind of extract the ideas and what we're going to go after next. and. I don't know how you honed in on me being like this person who has ideas and ideas and ideas, but yes, I can totally see that in myself because I am like, oh, okay, try this next. And yeah, you definitely, I need somebody who can be that organizational person that says, okay, if we're going to go here, these are the things we need to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm like, we can go here and we can go here and I can do all of it. And then so I need somebody to like check me in and be like, well, we can, but let's do this first. Mm -hmm. So it definitely is. It takes all people. It does. Yeah. And it's just so fun, Molly, when we understand who we are and we show up as that person and we can let go of trying to be everything to everybody, especially in the leadership seat, right? Mm -hmm. As a young leader, I was trying to like wear all the hats, please all the people, Mm -hmm. right? And, And there's just a better way about it. Okay. So I'm glad you brought that up because typically I lead with this, but I'm interested to hear like, what brought you to knowing that strengths was something that you wanted to pursue as a career? And how did you even know that this was a career opportunity? Yeah. So actually it presented itself to me through an adverse experience with my boss and manager, actually, who I love to this day. And I'm not a person who holds grudges. I truly believe that there's something we can learn from every job we've had, from every person that we've interacted with. Mm -hmm. And so there's no shame in the way that they led, right? Or the way that they ran their organization. Um, It was corporate world too. There's a lot of pressure from people who you don't see, right? They're sitting in the the C-suites kind of dictating Mm -hmm. how things should be done. And so I had a, a strong understanding of that as well. But when I was in the medical device world, we actually did a a selling assessment and it was called Integrity Solutions. And there was four different behaviors that you could be. And of course, mine were talker supporter. And then the other two were doer controller. And so the purpose of doing this exercise was so that we could identify the surgeons that we worked with and where we thought they were so we could come alongside them, right? Which is so great to do. Mm -hmm. And it did help to have an understanding of what we thought the surgeons were that we were calling on, right? And doing business with so we could show up well in those appointments. 
And so the funny thing is my boss and manager with my results said, we want you to be talker doer, not talker supporter. And um, there were some other things that that happened in my experience with them where they were telling me how they thought I should work, right? How I should sell, what I should do. And um, I mean, one of them was as silly as I should watch more ESPN because one of my main surgeons uh, was a big sports fan. And uh, my boss was a former NFL football player. And so he was all into the sports. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of guys that are sports all day long and a lot of their conversations are sports related. And that's how he built rapport. Mm -hmm. And that's the conversation he had in the operating room. And so, I mean, I I guess I was, uh, quote unquote, strong enough to discern that that was not me. I love sports, but I'm not watching ESPN every night, you know, just so I have some small talk conversation. I knew my value and the value that I brought into the operating room every single day, right? To make life easier for the surgeon, right? To support his scrub techs, to support his nurses so that the flow of the surgery went well. And so I continued to show up that way, right? And so I kind of set aside what he was suggesting I do and just took it as he's doing what he can with what he knows, but that's just not how I Mm -hmm. am at my best. And so it was things like that, that I experienced in the medical device arena that when in like 2009, I was exposed to strengths that it like lit this fire within me. Cause I was like, yes, we're all different. And when we get to show up authentically, we do build trust and trust is essential in any relationship, right? Whether Mm -hmm. personal or professional. And so if I'm trying to show up pretending I'm an ESPN watcher, right? (laughs) It's just not going to come across as well as if I show up to help support the people in the operating room, right? Or for me now in the strengths arena, my first point of contact is the highest level leader and his or her leadership team, right? And so it's asking specific questions to figure out where they are strong, what they see as the current dynamics. So I can come in as a supporter and help them move the people forward in their organization, help the people that they work with see their value and understand the people around them. So that's how I kind of got into it. It was through kind of an adverse experience to then discovering strengths. I didn't even know strengths existed until my leader in business coach and mentor had me take the assessment. And um, it just was like, this is me. Every word on this paper is me, right? And then spending a decade to develop those. So now I love helping other people do the same. Oh, that's so awesome. I love that your story has been an example of what you do. You you connected with this, this opportunity that presented itself in the 
in the assessment and in the model and then found a new career. Like how awesome is that? I think that's mm-hmm. so cool. Molly, I was recently, well, it's been about a year ago working with a team in Des Moines and um, I was sharing um, just how strengths plays out. And I shared this story, this example of what I had personally experienced in the medical device arena. And the lead sales guy looked at his second saleswoman and said, stop listening to what I tell you to do. (laughs) (laughs) Because we were, we had their full 34 sequence side by side. Mm -hmm. And he was just so different. Like the way he was wired was telling stories. Right. And so he had this like database of all these stories of these families who had been impacted by their loved one now having hearing aids. And he was able to sell through stories. And that was like the last thing that she could naturally do well. She was super strong in the strategic thinking domain. And so she was all about the education and the technology and how their life would be improved, you know, through, through the advancements. And so they're going to show up two totally different ways, but they can both sell. It's just going to look different. And so he literally was like, stop listening to what I say. Oh my gosh. But and to that him, means- that's what came easy to him. Yeah. And now I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, maybe I need to have every single one of my social media students and clients do this too. And <laughs> I've just got, yeah, there's so many ways you can apply this because mm-hmm. it really, yeah, it just helps you. I know that I've said this many times. It helps you see what you're, you excel in and ways mm-hmm. that you can then lean into that more. It helps you discover your own secret sauce. Mm-hmm. And there's not two alike. So that's where it helps you go within and say, what's my superpower? Like, what's my secret sauce to success personally and professionally? So good. I don't know how, but we've already, it's already been an hour. I could talk to you for three more. Um, Okay. But to honor your time, uh, Erica, we will probably have to bring you back for a part two because we didn't even, I hardly touched that question list that I said. But we'll probably have to do a second interview sometime. But for now, let's just tell people, how can they find you online? How could they decide to work with you, explore further this idea of strengths and leaning into their strengths? Yeah, the best way is probably through my website, which is just my name, ericaolof.com. And um, I do complimentary consultations or discovery calls that really helps me unpack where someone's at, right? What their current team dynamics are and if I'm a good fit right now. And so my website's the best way. I'm also on Facebook or uh, Instagram, just my name, Erica Olaf. So any and all of the above. LinkedIn too, if they prefer that mode of communication. So any and all. Awesome. I will make sure to link to all of these in the show notes. So if anybody needs to find the link. It should be in the show notes of the episode. But as a real quick wrap up, I always end with guests with this small talk round of like, just questions that I want to ask. So uh, are you ready to just dive into some unscripted questions that I'm bringing to the table? I am. It's so outside my comfort zone. I am guessing, (laughs) Molly, that you did group improv in high Um, school. (laughs) I did, uh, but I 
I didn't like actually pursue that as like my speech designation of choice. Okay. I played around with it, but it was always my favorite day when I was a teacher in speech class because I was like, this is so much fun. (laughs) I was always amazed by the kids in high school who could do group improv. So I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Let's go. Okay. Um, Okay. First question. I know that you love being active. So what is something you're doing right now? Because here in Iowa, we didn't even say where you were from. Erica is from the corridor area. So Iowa City, North Liberty, that part of the state. But what are some things you're doing right now? Because it is the middle of winter. How are you staying active? What is your workout of choice? Yeah. So every day I'm at the gym, well, five days a week, uh, which is a high intensity interval training, like AMRAPs, mm-hmm. um, EMOMs. And so that gets me started every morning. And, um, in the winter for outdoors, my son and I love to, uh, he snowboards, I snow ski. So we definitely work that in as often as we can in the winter. So we head up to Dubuque. So we go through your neck of the woods. You got to drive right past, right past. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Question number two. Um, it's mid afternoon. What is your drink of choice for like a little mid afternoon pick me up? Uh, water is definitely what you see me carrying around all the time. Mm-hmm. Some days I need to be better about consuming it, especially in the winter, because I always drink hot coffee. Mm-hmm. So if I'm cold, I got to warm up with hot coffee, but I usually every day have an energy drink too. And my brand of choice is Celsius. Oh, I've not had that one. Yeah. So is there a flavor coffee. that you'd recommend for anybody like trying out Celsius for the first time? Um, I really like the orange and I really like the berries. So like the wild berry or the mixed berry. Some I like strawberry kiwi. So there's several, but I love orange and mixed berry. Awesome. Good tips. We'll link those in the show notes too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next question. I don't know. I'm seriously, I'm just going off the cuff with these and I don't know why I must be hungry. Like what is your snack of choice? Snack of choice. Okay. So that probably depends if I'm craving salt or sweet. I am a sucker for uh, like tortilla chips. Yeah. So again, I try to, I'm not always good about it, but try to grab as healthy as I can. And so one brand that I love is Food Should Taste Good is the brand. And they have really good sweet potato chips and really good multi-grain chips. So chips and salsa, or I make these protein balls mm. that it's like a, kind of like a cookie essentially. Mm-hmm. And, um, if I don't have those in my fridge, then I might grab an Oreo cookie instead, <laughs> <You can laughs> which it around. happens, it happens, <laughs> but yeah, protein balls are definitely, they're good to have the fridge too. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. We only have two more. Uh, next question. Where are you traveling to? Like once we are through this season of COVID and you're like, everywhere's opened up. If you could go anywhere, where would you go? Oh, anywhere. Anywhere. I think I would go back to Lake Tahoe if I could go anywhere. It's so beautiful. There's water and mountains. It's just like breathtakingly beautiful. I've heard really good things about Montana, 
So that would be fun as well. I'm hoping to get a ski trip in though, Colorado this winter yet. Just got back from Florida over the Christmas holiday. So I have family down there. Nice. That's always delightful too. I was um, scrolling plane ticket prices yesterday. I'm like, I must be like just dreaming of a vacation. But uh, didn't okay, you guys last... go? Didn't you go to Colorado or somewhere like that last year? We went to Jackson, Wyoming, and I would Wyoming. highly recommend that because it's on the like southern tip of Yellowstone, but it's right by the Grand Tetons, and it was so cool. gorgeous. Um, okay. Last question. What was your very first job that you ever had? Uh, well, I did babysit. I started babysitting when I was 10, but the first like being employed by a person or a company was I served at our local bowling alley. Nice. I was the little waitress and I'm pretty sure I made like $3 and 75 cents an hour. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. There really was no tipping happening in Postville, Iowa. (laughs) <laughs> so a lot of work for a little pay, but it was fun. So awesome. serving well, cheese curds and burgers, really. Um, to bring this full circle, uh, the couple that we worked with, they recently purchased a bowling alley and my husband and I went and visited them this weekend. And so we that's we right. pulled at their that. establishment. It was so much. Is fun. it open now? Yep. Mm-hmm. So fun. Yeah. I saw that they bought that. So cool. It was really fun. They have some big ideas and some really cool ways to like kind of innovate the space. And yeah, it was busy. So they have a successful business on their hands. I love it. I'm sure well, kudos Erica, to a lot of the work you did with them. Oh, well, thanks. And you too. All right. We are already over time, but thank you so much for everything you shared today. I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge. And again, We'll probably have to have you on for a part two at some point so that we can continue the conversation. But thank you for your time. Thank you, Molly. Have a great afternoon. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small-minded.